The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Big News Coming Soon with Alan Clark and Kieran O'Malley. How's everyone this week? You're very welcome back to the uh, comforts of my own sitting room. It's been a few weeks since we were here. It's been a good while. It's still as cold, but sure, look, I'm sure I'll thaw it eventually. Uh, how dare you? It's not as cold now as You have that. a candle to light the place. I ran out of kerosene last night and I went into town this morning and bought three drums of kerosene. It cost me 64 euros. She probably got it sponsored. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I'm not, uh, I'm not like you now, sponsoring <laughs> things on Valentine's weekend. We'll come back to that. But before we do anything else, I have to mention... As always, thanks to our sponsors, Ireland West Airport, for sponsoring the programme. So it's great to have a socialite of high regard in my sitting room. Well, it's great to be in the sitting room of Mr. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that come. (laughs) You and your notions, Mr. Clark. Yeah, I had a rough week. You did. You okay, hon? Yeah, I started, um, I got this scammer, I got this DM from a scammer, as you know. And they were looking for my WhatsApp phone number. And then I strung them along for a few hours. And I stayed up to like two or three in the morning stringing this one along for the crack to highlight the scamming and to show people what happens. Oh, my God. I got such abuse the next day. People saying to me that I, I, you know, I had no consideration for this person's feelings. Um, Maybe it was a real uh, person behind a different profile because they didn't want to be embarrassed about messaging me. Such nonsense. Utter. No- I didn't realise that was a picture of a porn star. It was a good <laughs> friend of ours that pointed it out. And I was like, how the hell do you know that? We won't mention her name, but... <laughs> but it's important to mention that it is it is a woman. 
Yes. It's a woman that contacted us and yes. said, you know that's a porn star, right? She said it to me as well. And um, you and I were like, no. <laughs> I didn't know how that. do you know that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And did she tell you how she knows that? Apparently it's... Uh, apparently her boyfriend said... Yeah. That's a weird conversation to be having. <laughs> I didn't bring that up. That's my favourite porn star. <laughs> There's been a bit of abuse coming into you lately. But What's like, is that about? People get triggered by an awful lot of stuff. But like online's supposed to be a bit of crack. If you don't like something, unfollow it. Yeah, it's, it's hard work now. And I was having this discussion with David Cuddy yesterday. And I was just saying, how do you deal with it? And it's got to the stage now where I just don't go into my DMs anymore. Because people are... People are just gone mad. That like, David Cuddy who you went off to on Valentine's weekend to do another podcast with, is it? That David Cuddy. Okay, right. Continue. Well, that's because this weekend we're supposed to be in Milan, but you were off getting a free meal somewhere in Galway. So I will continue. Excuse me. I paid for that meal. Another interesting DM I got during the week. I went to somebody's house for tea and... I came home and I said they made me milky tea and I was going to have a nice strong And that's a crime tea. in this country. That's a, Milky tea and bad Guinness are two things that are non-negotiable in you this country. You don't just put a cup of tea in front of somebody without asking them how they take it. Exactly. You ask me, you pour in your own milk there because it is, it's a very subjective thing. So I came home and I said I'm after having a milky cup of tea and somebody texted me, somebody DM'd me to say that I was so disrespectful to the person that welcomed me into their home and made tea for me. Now... Can we just relax here for a second? The person whose house I was in follows me on Instagram. They know they I know was messing. Bollocks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they know I was messing. I wasn't. I was hardly going to go on here. And, and they hardly got offended, did they? No, because then he sent me a voice note. Do you want to hear it? Oh, so the voice note is about you this week, is it? Yes, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so I came home and I said, uh, I'm looking forward to a nice cup of tea because the last cup I had was really milky. And then I got this voice note about half an hour later. Fuck you and the milky tea, you bollocks. I tell you, that'd be the last cup of tea I'll fucking make for you. <laughs> Alan Clark, making friends around Mayo for 37 years. <laughs> so I won't be welcome in that house again. <laughs> Fuck you and the milky tea, you I tell you, that'd be the last cup of tea I'll fucking make for you. What, would, what did you get up to over the weekend? You went um, whining and dining. Oh, my Valentine's was lovely, I have to say. I can't believe you were, ha- you were tagging the restaurant. Kieran. that's embarrassing now. Come Alan. on, man. Could you not have left the phone in your pocket and just got on with the meal instead of tagging the restaurant? Alan, that's exactly what I did left the phone in the pocket. So we had this really beautiful meal in an absolutely fabulous restaurant. What's the name of it? Della. Della. I think that's how you pronounce it. It could be Dela, but I think it's Della. Where is it? Um, is it in Galway? Galway City, yeah. It sounds like an Asian Dominic place. Street. Is it Asian? No, no, no. They grow a lot of their own food and stuff like that. It's amazing for brunch and their dinner menu is class as well. All right, easy on. So I've tried to get in there a good few times Oh, with And there's always been a massive queue and they're like, oh, come back in an hour. And I'm like... If I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat somewhere else. So first place I checked for Valentine's, went in there, had a beautiful meal and then went up to pay. And your man was like, thanks so much for coming. Hope you enjoyed it. Margaret said to give you a couple of things off the bill or whatever. And I was like, the one time in my life I haven't taken photos of every shagging course. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I better take pictures of this tree. And then we had taken a picture of the drinks cheering uh, at the start. So literally I had no photos which is very unlike me, of the meal. So I had to put up a couple of things to thank them because it was a really sweet thing. And I know Margaret listens to this podcast. She's a big fan. She sends lovely 
messages on a regular basis about me on this podcast. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was just one of them things. I was a bit. Can I ask you? You know, you said they gave you a couple of things free there off the menu. Off the price. Like, they were just being decent. They were like... Was it like 50% off? I didn't work it out. Roughly. I don't know. 50%. Let's say it was. (laughs) (laughs) So, you didn't have to pay for your girlfriend's meal on Valentine's weekend. I'm lucky to still have a girlfriend after you last week, so give me a break now, will you? Brilliant. So, you'd recommend it anyway. It was good quality. How was your weekend? You were at uh, a rival podcaster of ours, were you? Yeah, I went to Tommy Tiernan on Friday night in the Royal Theatre in Castlebar. And it's great to see, like, it's great, like, it was just back to normal. Now, you had to wear your mask until you went in and sat down. But the place was full to the rafters, and we had good seats, considering we, we got the tickets very late. And we were kind of at the edge of a row, and there was one seat left beside me, and there was one seat in the row in front. And then these two girls came in, and there were two Lauras, and they just said, how ye? And we said, how are you? And we didn't know them or whatever. But the second Tommy came out, the Laura in front turned around to me and she said, are you going to be taking notes, Alan? <laughs> so like, and this was like, they were sitting there an hour at this stage and I just thought they didn't know who I was and I didn't know who they were. Ah, come on now. They're in Mayo, of course. And then, bang, are you going to be taking notes, Alan? And I was like, okay, caught off the hop. But there were two lovely girls. But I'm really embarrassed because everyone was in and out, in and out of their seats all night long. At a comedy gig? Yeah, exactly. It surely wasn't that long. Uh, it was long enough now, but between the act at the start and then there was a break and then Tommy came out. But people okay. in and out smoking oh, during the show. I don't get that now, to okay. be honest. But every time somebody was leaving the row, everyone kind of had to nearly go yeah, out to the yeah. end of the row and come back in. But one of the times I was going out, didn't I kick her drink over? Oh. And I knocked her drink over. And then I was back in and I had sat down and I had realised, I said, did I knock her drink over? And then the other Laura wouldn't let me out to go and buy her a new drink. And she was drinking a double cookie gin. No, she was drinking whiskey and water. Oh. And then I was asking, like, do, do you get a bottle of water or do you just get tap water? I so I, is this how you flirt with girls? You kick their drink over? Oh, I, I, not, I was embarrassed. I was really, really embarrassed. Now, yeah. honestly, because there were two lovely girls. And I knocked over her drink. Yeah. And then I, I was asking her, do you buy a bottle of water? Because I don't know. If somebody came up to the bar and asked you for whiskey and water. It'd be tap water, I'd imagine. You just throw a shot in yourself. Or do you give it to them in a little In a glass? joke. Oh, in a joke. You let them pour but it you in. you hardly get a jug at a theatre with 2,000 people in it. No, so she probably bought. Like if you're, you get a still water and then you'd have it for three or four of the whiskeys. Okay. Well, I didn't know, but then her friend wouldn't let me out to go and buy her a drink. So, and then I wanted to buy them a drink after and they were gone. Oh. So the two Lauras, if you're listening now, slide into Alan's DM. No, slide into mine because he doesn't read his anymore. Yeah. And we'll set up a whiskey and water night. I would like to try and reimburse you for the whiskey because I I did I genuinely (laughs) felt bad Tommy Tiernan was brilliant because he touches on topics that you know you probably shouldn't be touching on but he does it in such a way that he gets away with it like do you know there's this big hullabaloo with Jimmy Carr and the Holocaust this week well Tommy Tiernan basically said I'm not going to go into too many details because I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen the show yet but he touched on it in kind of saying that 10 or 12 years ago he done something similar and his whole career was ruined. But then three or four years later, everything was back to normal again. And I think the message was, do you know, these things get blown out of proportion very quickly and they take over your, your life and your life is effectively over. He said he had to do a tour of Ireland for or a tour of Mayo for 12 years. 
<laughs> Cancel culture. Yeah, exactly. And there's an awful lot of that in my DMs at the minute as well. Like I'm seeing an awful lot of that where you you reference anything at all and people are saying you can't say that and you're just... When do we become so sensitive? And it's not going to be one of them politically correct discussions here now, but it is weird. Why? I don't understand. Someone says something that I disagree with or annoys me online. I just flick up into the next post yeah. or Twitter. People get so excited and get... I don't know, it nearly brings people together. I read a thing today. If you want to find out information online, don't ask a question. Put up the wrong answer and go, cross my line is the capital of Mayo. People love being right. So they're going to go, no, it's Balnar, Casabar, wherever, Bunny Conlon. Say. Okay. So if you want to find out an answer, don't ask a question. Put up the wrong thing because people love proving other people wrong. So that's the psychology behind getting the right answer online. That's the way we are nowadays. Yeah. Honestly, he's top class and I would recommend anyone go along to the show and um, he's just a class act. He's a class act. and You're laughing from from start to finish and it's just so relevant, you know, and he even said at the start, now I, I was videoing him coming out onto the stage, but I knew that I wasn't going to be taking my phone out videoing him. But he, he even said that. He said, like, look, for the love of God, don't be videoing me, he said, because I'll close up and I want to be able, like, I'm a comedian. He said, we should have... We should be able to come out on stage and express ourselves and say what we want to say without worrying about Mary here videoing us in the front row. And I think everyone did then. Everyone put their phones away. But, but he's an incredibly deep thinker. I'd love to be yeah. just in his company. Listen to him. He's oh, I love him. So some way listening to him for one hour a week would be great. He'd be my man crush, I'd say. If, would he? Yeah. If I could be anyone when I grow up, it would be Tommy Tiernan. How tall is he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's that tall. Is that a Sega Mega Drive under your telly? I would never have you down as someone that's at home enough to play video games and mind actually interested in video games. No, I don't play it very often, but it is a Sega Mega Drive. It's there for nostalgic reasons. Collecting dust. I have a, is it a sentimental attachment okay, to yeah. Sega Mega Drives? Right. When I was younger, my dad would rent a Sega Mega Drive for the weekend for me. Okay. So, I don't know, I was only... I haven't a clue. Seven Small. or eight. Gavin's video store in Castlebar used to rent Sega Mega Drives for the weekend. Wow. So about once a month or whenever I was good, not very often, <laughs> probably not once a month, once every year, dad would rent a Sega for me and it was £10 for the weekend with two games. Oh, brilliant. So that's why you have the blue tracksuit top on all the time. You're like Sonic the Hedgehog running around the fields of Snugbra. <laughs> and the hair is spiky. Yeah. <laughs> spiky hair and a blue top. Going so for gold rings. A good few years ago then, I, uh, I bought one then. I think it was on Dundee or something. And I bought all the games of Sonic the Hedgehog, Desert Strike, Micro Machines, all these games. And it's just, it's just because it's a real fond memory from my childhood. Dad renting the Sega Mega Drive for the weekend. Lovely. Do you remember when you were younger going into like ExtraVision or the video rental place at the weekend? We rented out VCRs before. And oh, just, really? Yeah. The first VCR we got in the house was a uh, review of the 1966 World Cup and myself and Cormac glued to it for the weekend. Like, Are you on about the machine itself? Yes, the initially. And then we, we had bought one and then you'd be into ExtraVision every weekend. Oh, right. Or there was another video rental place and the smell of popcorn. I just always remember that. It was obviously a psychological trick or whatever. But it was such a big thing to go in and plan your... And where they rewound. Oh, you'd be so annoyed, wouldn't yeah. you? And you got it and you had to go and put it re- rewind it and skip the ads. My granddad owned a TV shop in Westport. So we always had a, a good VCR player or a good telly, you know, because we had that privilege. But they used to rent They used to rent them out. They used, that's yeah. how my granddad met his business. He used to rent TVs to people. And every week you'd go in and you'd do your shopping on a Friday and you'd go in and then you'd pay the rent for your telly. 
mad. It's mad how we Netflix come. Netflix have ruined it all. Course, <laughs> but that's why the Sega Mega Drive is there. It's just a, a nice memory from my we'll childhood. Have, we'll have a game later. Have you any football games on it? I'm sure I have. We were in Nintendo House now. I think you were either a Sega or a Nintendo House. Definitely. We had the NES and then the, the 64 GoldenEye was probably the last video game I ever played. Video games probably peaked back then. They're incredible. They're like movies now. But do you? Did your parents have a pet name for you? No, never. Like never. they never called you Loving or Petting or Pata or <laughs> no, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Kieran, Kieran. So many of us to be saying Kieran Cormac Neve Grony or whatever. So yeah, no, it's just Kieran. Why? Obviously, you had one. How many of you is there? I have one brother and two sisters. Oh, that's hardly. It's hardly the flipping um, <laughs> Brady Bunch. <laughs> Is it? We weren't far off. Good night, Karen. <laughs> Good night, Cormac. Good night, Neve. Good night, Mom. Um, my dad used to call me Mouse. <laughs> Any particular reason? I don't know. Since I was a baby, he'd always call me Mouse. How are you, Mouse? <laughs> and he still does the odd time. Jeez. So if he's a bit sentimental or he's a few pints in him, <laughs> he'd say, Good night, Mouse. Yeah, he called me Mouse. We used to live in a Garda house in Drum Kieran. In Leitrim. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not, not to four, Leitrim. Very good. And we lived in a Garda house, and the, the house that we lived in is up for sale this week. And a few people from Leitrim sent me DMs on... Are you big in, in Leitrim as well? I have a few followers in Leitrim, yeah. Leitrim famous. Um, they've sent me DMs to say that it's up for sale. I'd love to buy it. <laughs> oh, Make I'd a l- podcast studio out of it. I know. I'd it's l- enough work coming down here at these roads in Snugburn, never mind. Were you ever in Drumcairn? Possibly not. Oh, it's such a beautiful little village. I'd love to go back to it. But obviously I can't afford to buy the house. But I've when Dad was in... So our house was attached to the Garda station. So when you look at it, it looks like two houses together. Okay. So it's like a, semi, a semi-detached house. Uh, so the, Gar, the Garda station is on the left and the house on the right. But there was a door in the middle of our house that brought you into the Garda station if you wanted. So one day the chief was coming out to view the place and Dad had to show him around and do whatever. And he was in, and I was always in the guard station. I was stuck to Dad's hip. I wouldn't leave him. I'd go everywhere with him. A plague. A total plague. But I was just totally obsessed with him, you know. And uh, this chief came out to, to view the guard station, and Dad was there and whatever. And Dad had said to me, don't come in to the guard station. You're not allowed in today. And obviously... Lock you in one of the cells. Obviously, you didn't th- That was like him. a red rag to a bull. <laughs> and I don't remember this, but Dad always tells me this story. Dad had a riot helmet up in the bedroom. And I went up to the bedroom and got the riot helmet and started running at the door between our house. <laughs> <laughs> between our house and the Garda station house. And all you'd hear is dum-dum-dum-dum-dum, bang! Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum, bang! And I was t- taking these steps back and running my head at What the- age are you? I was only three. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And the chief turned to dad and he said, I think that's for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you were a terror at that age, were you? I, I was, yeah, I seem to be a bit wild because I have another story. I, I left the house one morning to join the circus. <laughs> at three years w- of age. I would not take it. <laughs> <laughs> at three years of age, the circus came in to drum Cairn for the weekend or whatever. And I was dying to go out and see them setting up and see all the animals. But whatever happened, I don't know. Was it just a case of they'll say, did they say to me, oh, we'll do it at the weekend or what happened? Yeah. But I remember at the time I wasn't allowed. Okay. And one morning I woke up and the front door of our house, the latch was really high. It was this big wooden door with these. <laughs> Most um, doors are high for you, but anyway. Yeah, they still are. So I had to take a chair out of the kitchen <laughs> and stand up on the chair to open the front door of the house. Went out, went next door, stole my neighbor's bicycle. 
<laughs> and cycled out a mile out the road to where the circus was. Crime wave in Leitrim. <laughs> and my parents woke up and the front door of the house was open and Alan was gone and there was a chair inside the door. And I did d- they call the guards? I left a bit of a trail. <laughs> and But they obviously knew. And I, I left the house and went out to look at the circus. And I've one other memory of Drum Kieran, the girl across the, the, the road, Maura Davitt, used to babysit me the whole time. And I was completely obsessed with her. And I've, I've covered this on Instagram and I feel like I've said it before on the podcast, but I, I haven't, have I? I don't be listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maura Davitt across the road. Not Maura Higgins, no. <clears throat> Sorry, Maura Davitt across the road used to babysit me. And there was one night there was thunder and lightning and I didn't want to be in the house with my parents because I was so scared I wanted to be over at Maura. And they're literally, the pub was across, the, they owned a pub. Right. And their door was across from our door. And you just had to run across the street. Yeah. And I remember standing at the door waiting for the bang and the flash. So I could run between the bangs and the flashes <laughs> over tomorrow. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> style. And they're just, they're just some of the lovely memories I have. But it is, it's a lovely little village. If you're ever up around that neck of the woods, check it out. Must do. Come here, I got an awful lot of people um, saying fair play for going on holidays that they've never done it, but they'd love to. Or some people that have done it. Yeah. I was just saying, what was your best ever holiday? My best ever holiday was, I'd say, when I went to Egypt, because it was just a great experience. I love going to places that are, are a completely different culture. Yeah. Do you know, I really love, I went to Egypt and I was in Morocco and I, I love... Belmullet, different Belmullet, yeah, Bonnie Conlon, those <laughs> kind of places. Exotic. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. But somebody was blown up in Cairo when we were out there, like a really high high up political figure. Okay. Like the, oh, I don't know, it was like the Taunishta or something. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, a minister. Um, he was driving through Cairo and there was a car bomb and he was blown up. Jesus. And then we were in Sharm el-Sheikh, which was obviously the tourist village. And it's all locked down. You can't get in or out of it. There's army everywhere. Very, very, very safe. But then we were told, obviously, you're not allowed in or out. And all the excursions were cancelled. And you're not allowed to go anywhere or do anything. And you have to stay in Sharm el-Sheikh because it's obviously high alert. Okay. But my girlfriend at the time, nothing would do her, only we couldn't leave (laughs) Egypt without going to see the pyramids. Well, yeah, in fairness. Yeah, but somebody was blown up like a mile okay, away from yeah, the pyramids. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. But the, the were you going to be there for long? Like, were you definitely going to miss them? Or oh yeah, you didn't in, break out of that place, did you? We were only there for a week, so we, it was it was yeah. We only had that chance. We were out for a meal one night. She said, "I'd love to go and have a look at the pyramids," and I was like, "Oh, I, well, everyone's telling us not. To. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat." Yeah. And she went to this like there was this like internet cafe on in the little village, and logged online, went on to some forum. Started chatting to some fella that promised to bring us to the pyramids the next day. Sounds really safe. So dodgy. And she had organised this trip to go to the pyramids the next day. Jesus. So first of all, she booked this trip and you have to go outside the gate. So your man isn't allowed in to pick you up. Okay. You have to go outside this. Past the armed guards and stuff. You're you're talking armed guard. There's barbed wire barricades. It's like something you'd see now from World War Two. And you go out and as you're going out through the barricade, they're all telling you, don't go out. <laughs> and we're like, I oh, know it's grand. We're waiting for Muhammad. He's bringing us into Cairo. Our mate, Muhammad. And they're all telling you, look, you're white and you're Irish. It's not a good idea. Don't go to Cairo. So nothing to do or anyone anyway, <laughs> to go and see the pyramids. So we had this fella in a Jeep waiting for us uh, outside the barrier. So I took a photo of the number plate and sent it to my brother. <laughs> and he was like, what's this? Don't ask. But just keep that safe. <laughs> and the number plate was like, it wasn't numbers. It was just yeah. like, can you imagine being in Ireland and you get this from your brother, a number plate of a Jeep? 
Jesus. God. And this was at three o'clock in the morning. What? Yeah, yeah. We had to go at three o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. So he picked us up. He brought us to the airport. There was an, there's a, I can't remember. Is it a Sharm El Sheikh airport? And we flew from there into Cairo. And then in Cairo, we were going to get picked up in a minibus and uh, a driver and a, and a guide. And the driver and the guide then brought us to a boat. And we went up the Nile in a boat, got off the boat where the driver and the tour guide were waiting for us, went for dinner and then went into the pyramids. Jesus. And it was the best experience of my life because we were treated like superstars. Absolute royalty. There's no way anyone could have got near us or hurt us or had anything to do with us because... And we paid... I remember at the time thinking... We paid something like 120 euros for this. I think it was like 120 euros each. Including flights. We had flights, boats, minibus, tour guide, food, into the pyramids, everything. And I was thinking, how does that make sense? So that's what got you hooked on the influencer lifestyle. (laughs) I said, I'm going to go home, I'm going to be famous, and I'm going to get kerosene for free. Okay, yeah, I get you. I was so nervous. I like I'm yeah, I, I am a, I, I have anxiety and I'd I'd worry about things like that. Even going into the TF the last night to Tommy Tiernan, I had anxiety about going into this crowd. And we can talk about that again sometime, but I was nervous, but she was a lot more confident than me now and that, that kind of stuff wouldn't would be wouldn't knock her. We were in this restaurant and the restaurant was at they had this table reserved for us at the front window of the restaurant and when you look out the front window the first pyramid was right there. Wow. But I remember we got up and we were leaving and the minibus driver was watching. He was parked down the street watching us at the window the whole time. And he sat in the minibus staring at the window the whole time, just staring at us. And the second I stood up to go and pay, the minibus drove over, parked up on the curb at the front door. Ready to take you. And the side door slid open and we literally out the front door into the minibus and he took off at a million miles an hour. Jesus. Yeah, it was a it was a fantastic experience. And you know what was really cool? When we got to the pyramids, there was nobody there. Because the whole country had gone in the whole city had gone okay. into lockdown. There was no buses, there was no tourists, there was no anything. We had the whole place to ourselves. Jesus. Only a couple of scammers that <laughs> that tried to get your um phone to take a yeah. photo of you. Oh wow. And then you have to buy the phone back off them. And then there's another thing where you go down into the pyramid. So you can, you pay a fiver to go down into the pyramid. Right. And you go into the tomb. But all, there's nothing down there. So you go down these tiny, tiny, tiny little stairs. And there's nothing down there, only the smell of piss. Where everyone obviously <laughs> just goes down and has a piss oh. down there. And it's rotten. You have to pay a fiver to go down there. And when you're down there, there's a fella at the bottom asking you for a fiver to get back up. Jesus. But he's a scammer. He's only chancing his arm. Okay, so if you and you don't him. have to tell, you don't have to give it to him. So you have to stand up to him and say, "No, piss off! I'm not giving you a fiver." But then he tries to get thick with you, and then he tries to tell you, "No, you have to, you have to give me a fiver. That's the way it works." But you just have to. Yeah, I know it's yeah, You have to be cute to them, and the same with the the camels. If you go on the camel, sure they won't let you off until you pay them extra. So you have camels. There's these camels. You can go on these camel rides. Yeah, around. the camels won't. The camels charge it themselves. <laughs> There's a fella, the fella that minds oh. the camels. But the beauty about going with this particular guide, he had everything set up for us and everything we went to wasn't a scam. So we got the oh. camel ride, but it wasn't a scam. Yeah. So how it worked was you pay. So this camel might be a fiver, but it's a fiver to get on it and it's a fiver to get off it. Yeah. Or this camel's a tenner and you don't have to tip him. Okay. So he was setting us up with all the right um, Yeah, yeah, tour the legitimate guides. people. So... The moral of the story is, we are delighted to announce that Ireland West Airport are now flying direct to Cairo. 
<laughs> Will you stop? You'll get us hung. I'm the one. I'm the one having to deal with all the sponsors and the emails and the phone calls. Oh, stop it now! So for fifty percent off, quote Mister Great. <laughs> Ryanair direct from <laughs> Ireland West Airport to Cairo. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Oh, stop. Uh, by the way, they're not flying to Cairo. Hashtag bring back Gatwick. <laughs> it was a brilliant holiday. Uh, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely. The I have a feeling you're going to have holiday. a better one in the near, very near future though. Possibly Milan. Yeah, excited. What's the worst holiday you've ever been on? It wasn't a holiday, but I tell you before I was in Chernobyl. That was an experience now. No. Yeah. Well, when I was in college, I was um, a crowd from the Students' Union all over Ireland were brought over to uh, to Belarus and to, to Chernobyl to see the actual site where, you know, the nuclear meltdown happened and stuff like that. So basically, it was a brilliant idea. So USI organized this so that people from all the different colleges around would go over and see these orphanages. And Jesus, man, it was power. Like, I wouldn't... I don't know. I just really, really didn't want to go. But one of the organizers rang me and goes, if you don't go, this one is going. So... Don't fuck it up for the rest of us. So I said, right, I'll go. And um, it was, Jesus was powerful now. It was tough. It was really tough to see these orphanages because it was the most severely impoverished and, you know, disabled kids and stuff like that in it. But when we came back, we were able to go to all the students and say, this is, we need to do this. And GMIT ended up raising uh, most per head of any college that year we came back because I was going around to all the colleges and stuff like that. But basically, when they were bringing us around, Every house, every shop, everywhere we went into, they're giving you a cup of vodka. Welcome. Oh, no. For breakfast, you were like uh, like the cup you have there. <laughs> You'd be hammered. Was, oh, stop. <laughs> and then this champagne was two euro. And there was one day we were out in a boat and we had a few vodkas. And they, there was this kind of, like a broth, but there was fish heads in it and all oh. this kind of stuff. Like it was, that, oh, yeah, even now and just getting a that'd be my worst flashback there. The food was absolutely... Look, it's a different culture, it's a different world, and it was yeah. an incredibly powerful moving experience, but like, it wouldn't really be a holiday type thing. Did you get to go inside the zone? Yes, we were there, and there were some people still living there, and like the smell of rotten food and stuff like that. Did you that. have to put on any gear? Like no, that? no. Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I was. I Genuinely, I was taking it really serious, because as I said, it wasn't something, there was supposed to be someone else that I was working with going, and he had to pull out last minute, and that's why I was asked to go. So I was. I was really nervous, but it was it was an incredibly powerful and moving trip. But like to see, oh geez, to see the stuff that we saw was it was tough, and especially because there was a video, a DVD made at the time, and like the first orphanage we went into, some of the stories I won't go into them here, but they were horrific what the kids were going through, and it that was that was tough. Now that left Amar, every one of us were so emotional but it, it brought the group together they were from colleges all over ireland and we we're all really close still being contacted a lot of them to, to, to this day because of such a, an emotional trip excellent yeah it's tough going but what was your worst holiday i've never had a really bad holiday but there was one there's one that stands out that had some bad elements to it i had to go to norway for three days to film for a travel company and it was the best experience uh, honestly, yeah. because I got to do all these amazing things, go on a cruise ship. I got to um, go on one of those snowmobiles in the middle of the night and look at the northern lights. Amazing. I got to do so many cool things. But the problem was the ship was really wild. We were there in the middle of a storm, <laughs> number one. And number two, there's nothing to eat in Norway, only fish. And I don't eat fish. And I mean that. Right. Every night on the cruise, it was all fish. 
Well, you were in the sea, like. Fish everything. Oh, so the first <laughs> night we landed there anyway, and I was... There's no blue thunder over there. No, <laughs> I was with the owner of the travel company, and she couldn't do enough for me, and she was fantastic. And the first night we got there, we went to this... We were staying in Tromso. So we went downtown in Tromso to have something to eat. And there was nothing to eat, only fish. So I said I'd have the battered cod and yeah. chips. And I think, you know, be grand. It's not that fishy. Exactly, yeah. So it wasn't too bad. But I remember thinking, that's enough fish now for me for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then the next day we got onto the ship and I'll never forget, there was monkfish for dinner. Okay. And I said to the lady, is it, is it very fishy? You know, <laughs> is it strong like? And she said, no, no, it's not too strong. <laughs> and so I had monkfish and it was disgusting. <laughs> you thought it was disgusting. Monk and then I went nice. into the cabin to go to sleep and then there was a storm in the middle of the night. And it's rare enough to be a storm, but there was yeah. a storm at the time we were there and the ship was going up and down. So we were at the front of the ship because I was there as a journalist. So he wanted me to have the best experience. So he had me up at the front of the ship and I had this window and it was class. Only yeah. we were stuck in a storm <laughs> and the front of the ship is the worst place you can be because that has the most motion. Okay. Because that's where you're at your highest and your lowest. And every time it goes bang, bang. So I was so sick here I went up to the, f- so I went up to the deck where you go out onto the outside, but that was five stories up, five stories up this outdoor deck and the waves were coming in onto that deck where they were telling us don't go out Jesus. there. That's how bad it was. But okay. I was so sick. I had to go out. So I was at the side deck holding onto this chair with waves coming in, splashing into my face and me sick as a dog. And I remember thinking to myself, if a helicopter would come out <laughs> and pick us up, I would call one. I, it's the sickest I've ever been in my life. Well, I, I remember you selling a waterbed on Dundee before, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I had a throat infection at the time, and it was really bad. It was so bad that my neck was, uh, my throat was bleeding. Oh, and then I had seasickness and food sickness, and these waves were coming in on top of me. And then I have I, a violin out in the car. I'm going to run out and get I it. I was on Snapchat telling everyone that this is the best experience of my <laughs> life. And the next morning I came on Snapchat and I had to pretend none of that happened yeah. the night before. And my brother texted me straight away and he said, Alan, are you okay? And I said, why? And he said, you look like a ghost in your Snapchat this morning. He said, what happened? No fake tan. And I <laughs> said, uh, don't talk to me. I'll tell you when I get home. So Jeez. I had to come on the next morning and say, how are you doing? Oh, it's great. We're heading off now on a snowmobile today. And it was great. Yeah. But that, but, no, no, that is. But I didn't know anything about seasickness tablets. Yeah. And now the second night then we got these wristbands. So we got these wristbands that stopped the seasickness. We had the tablets and everything worked. So the second night I wasn't sick at all. But the only thing is I had to live on rice and chips for the few days. And that gets, that gets boring very quickly. Mm. It definitely wasn't the worst holiday I've been on. But it was definitely the worst experience of the, the seasickness and uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't good. I had a meeting during the week with a business that potentially wanted me to go to America for a few days. And ever since I've had that meeting, the only thing that comes up on my Instagram reels are videos of real estate agents in America. There are these really corny videos of people selling houses in America ever since last Wednesday. That's so weird. My Instagram reels is just cat videos now. But like, do you think that, you know, our phones are listening to us? Well, how are they not? Like, I'm a lad here, living in Mayo, all, pr- pretty much all my life. I have no notion of buying a house in America. Did you search a lot of that, or have you... I haven't searched anything. I haven't searched America. I haven't looked at America. I haven't Googled it. Only somebody in passing during a meeting said to me, uh, there might be a trip to America. That's really weird. And ever since that, I have all these videos. It's strange, isn't it? 
That's mad. If I can't buy a house in Ireland, the chances of me buying a house in America <laughs> are fairly slim. Well, it could be easier to buy a house in America these days. It probably would. I was in the bank uh, during the week and I was doing a few bits and pieces and I, I was, I'm a fairly complicated fella, right? Yes, absolutely. I have a lot of irons in the fires. Okay, that way too, yeah. And a lot, <laughs> and a lot of the fires aren't burning very brightly. <laughs> like the one in front of us here. <laughs> so I was trying to explain to them, right, so there's the cookie gin. Yep. Is it going again? Is it not going again? Did it make money? Did it not make money? Uh, it didn't really. Uh, have you got the money back for it? No. So this is how much money I'm in debt from the cookie gin, but there's money there that I should be getting back. So, And then I was explaining to them that I have a day job, and then I was trying to explain to them about the podcast and the Instagram, and I was saying, you know, like, there's some really good things happening here, and I'd love to get a mortgage. So then she was like, okay, all right, I'm getting this now, I'm getting this, right? So you've got your gin, and you've got Alpha Media, and you've got your day job. And then, of course, you're the, you're the Mayo idiot that goes around doing videos. <laughs> and I the, said, what? The Mayo idiot. And she says, you're the Mayo idiot that goes around making videos. Jeez, that's a hotly contested title. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't break a sweat. It was almost like she thought it was a compliment. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, well, right. Yeah. Is that how people view me? Oh, this, the is male? A, this is awkward now. <laughs> I know I've been getting a lot of abuse in my DMs and my anxiety is through the roof. But I can tell you one thing. We're going to do a poll on Instagram. I was going to say to her, do you not know I'm Mr. Great? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. Great and I hang out with a socialite of high regard. <laughs> Isn't it mad how people perceive you? Like, we don't t- think of it, but it's like, there's that lad, and you don't know what people think actually of you. We just assume they all know that we're nice, normal fellas. Yeah. But, like, how people go, oh, there's that Alan Clark fella. He's funny, but I don't know why. Or he's sound, or he's this, or he's that. Or he's Mr. Great. But I don't go, yeah, I think she's she's confusing the two things. I do go around Mayo making videos. Yeah. And you are an idiot. So that's fair enough. But I don't <laughs> Is that going to help you get a mortgage? <laughs> I don't make idiotic videos when I'm traveling. Well, the one in the tractor, the Francis one. Yeah, but I live here. I did that out there. <laughs> but she doesn't know that. You were moving. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you're going into the bank like, guys, do you know who I am? I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind <laughs> of a big deal. Uh, my, my house smells of rich mahogany. And I'm I would like 89% to famous in Mayo. Yeah. We'll be 90% famous now. I think we're going to be in a magazine this week, so... Right? Bringing us up, yeah. Is it like VIP magazine? Um, no. Better? Y- yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. So this week, Alan... Yeah. And this talk now, this talk we could feature on the front cover. <laughs> and it'll be so embarrassing if we don't. There's talk. There's go on. talk. Go on. We are going to be in Mayo now. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. That's See, really cool. We've made it. I wonder, can we finish the podcast now? <laughs> what page are we going to be on? Well, that's, look, obviously the one that gets the most engagement. Yeah. And stuff. Like, you know, we're Mayo-ish famous. Oh, so. be nine. there'll be no talking to us next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hand it out in Milan, show it to everyone over there. Can I ask you, do you get any negative DMs? Not as much anymore. I was told I was gay this week, but... Um, what do you mean you were told? Someone DM me saying, oh, you're so gay. And was it replying to something? Yeah, it was a story that Ali McGinn had up, a picture of me not turning up for coffee one day because I was working. But, yeah, so I wouldn't get much now, to be fair. And like, what, they just said you're gay? Yeah. 
And do you know the person? No. Was, was it a troll account or was it a normal account? It was a troll account. They had no pictures, uh, no posts, no followers and following about 100 people. Right. So I just blocked it. Okay. But I did that thing that you did with the with the scammer. Yeah. And I had a great crack with it and put it on my social media that day <laughs> as well. I think I was in first and funnier, but neither here nor there. And I got nothing but, like, people loved it. They got great crack out of it. I wonder, like, so I'm only at 11k now on Instagram. So I wonder... Is it the bigger you get, people kind of know you and know why they're following you. But yeah. the wider it spreads, then people hear of you. And they wouldn't go, you know, there wouldn't be as much of an attachment. I don't know. Yeah, it's getting hard now. It's getting hard. Imagine the huge ones, though. Like, we're small fry at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, how people put up with it. You just, you just can't go into your DMs anymore. You just can't do it because... Um, and that's such a shame because, like, I look after the big news coming soon, Instagram, majority of the time. And... The love we get, like people are so nice and we get so many lovely messages. So obviously you're getting a lot more of them as well. So you're, you might be missing out on really nice messages and people like, you know, someone sends us a message. I was having a terrible day. Listen to your podcast and it's cheered me up. That's that puts me in good form. I yeah. love that kind of stuff. And it'd be a shame if you're missing out on that. But people, I don't know. It's just there's going to be studies into this in years to come. Why oh, do yeah. you think you're able to send abusive messages like how dare you call someone's tea too milky? Like, it's a bit of crack between friends. I don't know, I just that, think... That won't surprise me now. And I, I, I have a very thick skin, because yes. I've been in radio for over 20 years. So you develop a really thick skin, because, as I said to you before, you're doing a breakfast show, people are cranky in the morning. Sometimes when I'm covering the breakfast presenter here, at I start at 7 o'clock. The first message, one minute past 7, is, where's David, we miss him. <laughs> Honestly. What a way to start work. So he has said the day before, I won't be here tomorrow. Yeah. Alan's going to be covering me tomorrow. They know I'm going to be covering. And then the next day, the first message is, where's David? We miss him. He schedules a text. And then you have to do a two-hour show. Does that get to you? Do, like, and, or the DMs? Because, like, you say you put up a post, you get a thousand lovely messages, one negative one. Is that stinging? Or do you, do you find if, that tough? If they come out of the blue, you know, if they're completely random and they come out of nowhere, they don't seem to bother me. But, if, like, you know... I was getting genuine abuse for uh, being disrespectful on a DM, but it was a scammer. Everyone in their right mind knows that it was a scammer. Yeah. <laughs> and I went down through uh, all the telltale signs. The, the page was set up five days ago. There are five of the same generic photos. Uh, they're, they're only following influential Irish people and 99% of them were, were politicians. Yeah, that's a trend as well. It turns out that the photos they were using uh, was a very popular porn star. <laughs> so, and then to be kind of... And look, don't get me wrong. There was hundreds of messages saying, fair play to you for highlighting it and it's a bit of crack. But you do wonder... You don't want to upset anyone. And you don't want anyone thinking... That you're, uh, and we've we spoke about this before. You don't want to cross the line, and you don't want anyone thinking you're being disrespectful. Back in the day, people would talk in their own house or whatever, and they'd be told shut up or whatever. And now the global idiot or the village idiot has the chance to go global. So, like you know, someone can go viral with stuff, or they have the ability to communicate. It's the best thing in the world, but it's also the worst thing in the world. And like you know, always we know this. It's a reflection of them, not you. But at the same time, it's not nice to get. And it's you know, if you're a sensitive disposition, Jesus Christ. Like, but this week I I just haven't gone into my DMs at all, and and that's bugging me because there's great crack in your DMs. Yeah, 
you do something like so this morning with the oil tank I know there's, there's good crack in there at yeah. the minute and there's people saying this that and the other we were on about the Roscommon I said this morning that uh, there was a there was an article on Midwest Radio that Roscommon is now the least spending credit cards is in it? Ireland yeah yeah the least the lowest spend in Ireland yeah so I said something like um, Roscommon is a new Cavan or something yeah so now the Roscommon now Cavan jokes are going to be known as Roscommon jokes yeah and I know there's good old crack in there, but then I know there'll be one or two in there that are going to take offence to that. And I suppose it annoys you a little bit. But it, Tommy Tiernan said it the last night on the stage, and he said, the bigger you are, the more famous you get, the more people think that they own you and that they can tell you what they think. So he he done this thing where a woman comes up to me and she goes, oh, Tommy Tiernan, I don't really like you. And then she walked <laughs> off and then she came back and she goes, and my husband doesn't like you either. And then walks off. <laughs> you know, so people do have this kind of, I think, entitlement or they think they own a little bit of you. Do you feel like that? Like when I used to get abuse when I started out, it was always fully merited and deserved. Like because I was putting up controversial stuff, having the crack. And I always had that shield. But I totally get what you're saying. And I'd, I have a lot of friends that are decent influencers and some of the messages that they'd be getting. But then, you know, we talk about it. Girls get it on dating sites as well. Like some of the messages that fellas would be sending back. So it is kind of... I don't know, it's just weird the way the world has gone into this place. Like, all these accounts that'll have Be Kind. And, like, you know, these websites that is just abusing people. They don't understand. They see a few seconds of that person's life and they think they have an insight into it and that they're able to criticise them. If your life was that perfect, you wouldn't need to be given out about other people. Like, yeah, it's just a strange place that the world has gone into. And you're right, like, you know, the bigger you get, of course, the more it's going to... I find that a good bit. The people that are abusing you have a be kind profile photo. (laughs) And you're like, have you seen your profile photo? (laughs) So let's end this week's podcast on a few Roscommon man jokes. Oh, I've got away without anyone being brought back. I thought you were going to have an interview with like a family member or (laughs) contact my dead grandparents through a seance or something. Oh, thank God. That's the great. The amount yeah. of people that messaged me this week and said, are you nervous about this week's <laughs> podcast? And I was like, no, because I'm kind of in control here. I, I... <laughs> All I'll say is revenge is a dish best served cold, Alan. I'm not sure if you remember. I have a lot of cousins in Snowborough. Like, I know a lot of people and I've been getting a few, a few DMs over the week. Oh, yeah. I'm just gathering information. <laughs> That's all I'm well, going to say. Well, I keep a very low profile in Stumbra, so there's <laughs> not going to be think. any stories of me in the last few years here. Just keep the DMs coming, folks. That's <laughs> all I'll say. There's a lot of good content there. Right. I saw a Roscommon man stripping wallpaper one day, and I said to him, are you doing a bit of decorating? He said, no, we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's one here at the end if the kids are with you turn off now because I'll I'll save it till the end why does a Roscommon man get married in a farmyard I don't know so the hens can eat the rice (laughs) (laughs) I once met a Roscommon man so tight only dogs could hear him fart (laughs) how do you know you're in a Roscommon person's house I don't know there's a fork in the sugar bowl (laughs) (laughs) and the final one if the kids are with you, turn off. Where does a Roscommon father bring his kids on Christmas Eve? I don't know. To Santa's grave. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, a big hello to my brother-in-law from Roscommon, Emmett. I didn't believe any of them. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. Don't forget, we've got big news coming soon. In the next episode, we could be coming to you live from Milan. It's not confirmed just yet. 
But we're hoping <laughs> in the next few days we'll get the confirmation that the flights are booked and we'll be in first class on Ryanair <laughs> with our scratch cards and our ham and cheese paninis and Pringles with the lid about to pop open. Have you ever noticed that on an airplane? No. The top of the lid of Pringles. It's ready to burst. Have you any plans for Milan? Yes. I've been in contact with a lot of people. I've done a huge amount of research. We're going to be going to all the fashion houses. We're going to be going to these really cool vineyards. We're going to touring around Lake Garda. I have a full itinerary done up. Bring your best clothes. That's all I'm going to say. Bring my best clothes? Yeah, it's Milan. It's the fashion capital. I don't have any fancy, Are fancy you? clothes. Like. Alan, you have a week to get sorted now. We'll put a shout out there. Someone dress Alan for Milan. You have to look the part now. Going I genuinely there. don't have fancy, fancy clothes. Not like. fancy, fancy, but like, you know, you have nice blazers and stuff like that. I have like two blazers. <laughs> We're I only know? going for three days. Right. So you have time to get two, four more. Six. Yeah, that'll do us. Do you realise the anxiety I'll have now of having to bring nice clothes to Milan and keep up with you? You don't have to keep up. As long as you're comfortable... I and see do, this. And don't, wearing, ma- and don't make a show of me over there. We're fine. I'm wearing a player fit snugbra top. <laughs> this is this is comfortable. And what are these? O'Neill O'Neill's pants. Yeah. I'm comfortable right now. Yeah, you're not wearing that in Milan. Oh, We're God. not going to a restaurant <laughs> and sitting in there. I think it's Justin Bieber could get away with it. You're not Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> Seamus Moore could get away with it. You're not him. Come on. No, game face. We need to... This is a big chance for us. We need to pretend that we're big podcasters. Like, there's other podcasters going to Bunny Condon. We're going to Bloody Milan. Come on, we need to make this look class, man. What? We need to pretend we're big podcasters. <laughs> I'm offended again. So the Mayo idiot is now pretending that he's in the top of the charts. Fake with, it till with you... Joanne and Vogue and Tommy and Hector and Larita and... And all the cool kids. The two Johnnies and Spencer. There's no pretending here. We need to go global. <laughs> like Ireland's too small. We're right. a big fish in a small pond now. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. We've got big news coming soon. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell nobody. Ciao. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie